I dress for the weather. I bake up treats. I grab Santa's letters. Collecting dust. This is the War Games Orchard. Welcome to the show. My name's Nathan Stone, and with me today is GJ. We are back to bring you some great Warhammer Fantasy content. We're going to be talking about elves. Elves on shelves. Which elves do you want on the shelves? Which elves do you not want on the shelves? Before we get into any silliness, though, let's hit on some news and some hobby. GJ, you have been up to some stuff. What have you yes, been up to? Yes, I have. I have. I've been... Well, the most recent thing that I've been up to is that this afternoon I played a lovely game of Warhammer 5th Edition with uh, Wout Jan, who is also a listener to the podcast. And uh, this was actually the first time we met in person. He's uh, he's also from the Netherlands. And um, he and I decided that we wanted to meet up for a game. And the scenario that we played was the first scenario of the 5th Edition circle of blood campaign pack which is uh undead the combined undead before the split into vampire counts and tomb kings versus bretonians and in this first scenario i had uh, 1000 points of bretonians and they had to defend a graveyard against 1500 points of uh, undead the units that i took were two units of archers and um, there's a mandatory special character, a hero level special character, the Holy Knight, which is also kind of Christmassy when you think about it. And then he had a necromancer and his goal was to uh, cast a raise dead spell on one of the grave markers. And in turn three, I had a unit of knight errant that came onto the board. Well, um, maybe you know my track record, but probably needless to say, I was uh, obliterated in this match. There was the added disadvantage for my archers that every turn we had to roll how far they could see, uh, which was 46. And in the second turn, the, well, Bretonia's first turn, the turn that it mattered, the only thing that I could manage was to get a grand total of three shots off and um, after that it just went downhill from there um, one unit of archers was uh, obliterated when it was charged by the uh, what were they the, the skeleton horsemen with the doom rider banner uh, they got a successful van hell's cast on them so they got to fight another round with the doom rider banner uh, that left basically nothing alive of my archer unit I decided to charge in with the Holy Knight, see if I could do some damage there, which I couldn't. Uh, I missed two of the three attacks that automatically wounded. But so yeah, the Green Knight fled. He was over. Uh, uh, sorry, not the Green Knight. The Holy Knight. He fled. He was overrun. Um, my Knight's Errant arrived on the table, and in this the turn after that, they had to take a panic test, uh, terror test. I mean because there was a raid within range and they ran right back off the board. Uh, yeah, so I lost a lot of points and in the end, uh, this was a very decisive victory for Reynard the Necromancer. And this means that in the final battle of this campaign, uh, the undead side can have as many heroes as they want instead of just one additional hero. 
So uh, yeah, we had a great time. Uh, played against some lovely undead uh, with uh, with the lovely paint job. Um, they were painted by I'm terribly sorry. I have to check the name here. Uh, by a guy named uh, Raphael. This was just a joy to play uh, against, even though I completely lost. Lovely to play 5th edition, and we are definitely going to do this again with the second scenario um, from the same campaign pack, and then we'll just see where this takes us. That is super, super cool. I love the fact that you guys are playing through Circle of Blood and doing ha having it all like done to the the precise requirements of the thing right like you guys have all of the units that they that they have uh yeah well there are two ways to play it there is a list of the units that are used in a, usable in a playthrough but you also get on each of the sheets uh, for the for the uh, for the battles the army roster sheets you get an allowance uh, for for me for instance it was my reinforcements could only consist of a zero to one units of knight errant and zero to one units of mounted squires uh, i did have to take the holy knight it was mandatory i could take no other characters except for champions for my units and the only units i could take defending the actual graveyard itself were uh, regular squires regular men at arms and peasant bowmen so you can play a lot, uh, play around a bit with that. So that's what we are doing. We're not using the units that they mentioned in the uh, roster in the back of the campaign book. Uh, although you could do it like that, but we we're still doing it uh, legally in 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 that sense. So uh, we're still using the units that we can legally take according to the reduced or condensed army lists. Oh, I've got gotcha. you. Okay, cool, cool. So, so not quite as restrictive as just playing out of the book, but, but kind of, in a, in a similar theme at least. Yes, yeah. yes, definitely. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. I love Circle of Blood. Uh, some of my favorite undead artwork uh, is that the cover of that, uh, that that wraith with that glowing green sword or white, I guess. Yes. Um, what a cool, cool campaign. Also, the Red Duke. One of my favorite vampire models. He's uh, he's he's a real fun one to. I have I've got yeah, him somewhere, but uh, I I need to I need to get him painted up. Yeah. Oh man, that's so cool. I am very envious of you playing through this. I love those old fifth edition campaigns. So. Well, we I can uh, probably set up a remote game at some point if you uh, if you have the time. Ooh yeah yeah. I've always wanted to do the uh, the high elf dark elf one, tears of Aisha. I yeah. believe. Yeah. Yeah. I've always wanted to do that one. Uh, Perilous Quest is one that I've always kind of had that interest in, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, that's great. I very much need to get painting, I hear. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can find these units, uh, probably back of the book, uh, paint them up and uh, set up a remote game. But I hope we can do that sometime next year, but no promises. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, everybody's, everybody's busy. Um, I, I'm glad you're doing stuff because I, I've I've had some news recently, but I certainly haven't had any hobby recently. My only uh, my only piece of news really is that we have started the December uh, War Games Orchard Paint Challenge, and I mentioned this on the last show, but I'll mention it again. This uh, this month's theme is 
a festive spirit. So we're looking for your uh, ghosts of Christmas, whatever, or other types of spirits. They, they don't have to be particular ghosts because spirits, it's a big, it's a, it's a big, I guess, category of things. You could make something like Krampus. Uh, if you wanted to do something Beastman-like, you could make something very human. Our first entry, in fact, was uh, GJ giving us an absolute legend of a zombie uh, who rises uh, on, uh, on, on cold, cold Christmas Eves to uh, come and, and raid your, uh, your liquor cabinet. Liquor cabinet, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this one is fantastic. Check out GJ's miniature on the, War, uh, the Warhammer Orchard Facebook page because he rewrote A Night Before Christmas for this specific challenge so that we've got a miniature and a poem it is fantastic it is one of the funniest things i have read in a long time and Thank you. Uh, yeah it's it's so so good um we also have the uh votes voting up for november's champion so we're looking to crown a uh champion for our first month of the challenge and uh you can go and vote on that that'll be open for a couple days after you hear this so if you're not on the Warhammer Orchard, please join us. We'd love to have you. Yeah, you can you can come see come see those. Come see Dead Nicholas, who is uh, our hard living zombie. I'm just I've got him up on my uh, browser here, GJ, and I don't think I had fully appreciated the modeling that you did on this guy until just now, because he's he's <laughs> festively dressed in red and green. He's got the the craziest eyes I've ever seen. Like, he looks like he is on such a bender. He's got a wine bottle in one hand. He's got a steen in the other hand. And he is smoking a big pipe. He is just wonderful. What did you use to... Uh, what uh, what went into him? It's... Uh, the base, is, uh, base of, of it is a uh, regular 6th edition zombie model. Mm-hmm. And I used the uh, right and left arms of a... Well, I have a bit, big bag of Empire bits that I was going to use for my zombie pirates, and I think this might be, might both be from the militia kit. Like uh, uh, the left arm was holding an arrow. There was an arrow knocked between his um, between his fingers, I think, and the right arm probably was holding a bow, or maybe the other way around. Other way around. Left arm was holding a bow. Right arm was holding an arrow, and the bottle. Where did that come from? I think it was also part of that bits bag. Oh, nice. That, that should be... Uh, I'm, I'm not really sure about that, where it came from. I think it was in that bits bag. Uh, the steen and the pipe, they were from a... Um, that was the... I have to say the company correctly. Um, no, oh, I can't remember this. Uh, I bought some dwarf warriors that I was going to convert into either iron breakers or hammerers. And they were from a company that did uh, was it Oatmark? yeah north star north star military figures and uh, on one of those dwarf spruce there was a sort of a drinking horn that i made into a pipe i cut it up and i twisted it around and glued it back together and uh, and a steen that i could just uh, cut the handle out and bend it open a little bit and glue it to his hand that's fantastic what a what a great character you've made! I uh, I love it as a first entry. Yeah, and um, if you, if you do challenges to this theme like two or three years in a row, I might even have myself a zombie pirate unit. <laughs> there you go. Oh man, they're just just on a bender, 
just on the greatest bender in the old world. All of these, uh, <laughs> all of these zombies. Yeah, uh, great stuff. You you did a wonderful job, and uh, I'm, I'm. Thank you so much. Just uh, really excited to see what else we get for entries this month. I've got my own. I'm trying to get it in before the very last day of the challenge this this time. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, my, uh, my November one was, uh, an old world take on Lassie. Uh, she's uh, in the old world. She is a, a very helpful cold one. She's a, a sweet girl. And, uh, I, I wanted to do so much more on her, but I, I just ran out of time. Unfortunately, it's just one of those, one of those things where you get real busy and, but I'm still glad I got her in. And, uh, yeah, if you, you want to participate. Very lovely. I, I love that hand coming up out of the well. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very beautiful. She's, uh, yeah, she's she's a good girl. She's going to go save him. Uh, hopefully, she won't bite his arm off, but accidents happen. And, uh, yeah, if you want to join us, we have a lot of fun with this. Uh, this is a challenge. We're going to keep going as long as people uh, want to do it. So, uh, every month, there's going to be a, a new silly theme and... Right now, we don't have prize support, but I'm, I'm hoping in the new year I, I can get us some uh, custom dice, I think it's going to be. And uh, if, you, if you win a month, you're going you're gonna to get uh, a few War Games Orchard dice. And uh, I promise not to roll or touch them with my bare hands, thereby cursing them with my poor luck uh, before I send them out. That's, that, Maybe that the is logo the plan. will do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't let Scott touch them either. Because he's just as bad as I am, so or me for that matter. Yeah, really, none of us, <laughs> none of us should. Now that's that's what I need to do. I need to start sending dice and then asking for feedback on how they roll. I wonder if our dice could be as cursed as, as we are. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's jump into today's theme. This is something of a uh, a, a quick uh, something that I came up with earlier this afternoon because today is actually a snow day for me. Uh, we got hit with a big storm overnight and into the early hours of the morning, dumped about 25 centimeters of snow on the city. And so everything uh, took hours and hours to dig out. So I didn't have class today, uh, which is how we are uh, uh, recording this podcast. But it also meant that I, I didn't really have anything planned yet. And so I came up with something based uh, on the holidays and based on a part of the holidays that I absolutely cannot stand. and. I don't know how big this is outside of North America, so I'll explain it for our, our listeners overseas. There is a terrible made-up tradition that has started, and it, it is spreading like a plague, and I hate it more than I hate anything. Oh, that's not true, but it's up there. Top five, for sure. And it's called the Elf on the Shelf. And basically, these are terrible, dead-eyed little elf dolls that you can buy, and you can put them in your children's room or on a shelf somewhere. And these elves supposedly come to life at night and they report back to Santa Claus. And this is how Santa Claus knows if you are asleep or awake or if you have been good or bad. And uh, he, he judges you accordingly. What I hate about this tradition is that it is, it is so blatantly manufactured to sell the little elf on the shelf book which i have read by the way i used to be a children's librarian so i have very strong opinions on children's book and it is a terrible children's book uh and it's also these terrible dolls which i find just totally unsettling and but all of this got me thinking which is a really long-winded explanation of of today's topic which is 
we're going to talk about elves on shelves and which elves should be on the shelves and which elves should be on your table in your game. We're going to go through 5th edition, 6th edition, and 8th edition, and we're going to choose our kind of best and worst elves. And we're going for regiments here. We're not going for elven characters or special characters, anything like that, or war machines. We're just talking about the bread and butter of your elves, those elves that are maybe on horseback or cold one back or, or just hoofing it on foot. And we're going to talk about our favorite, our least favorite, and the ones that we feel are best and worst for each edition. And we're going to come up with some, yeah, that you should have on your table and some that you can put by that awful elf on the shelf and let them all collect dust and never, ever look at them. So here we go. We're going to start off with 5th edition. And uh, why don't we start off by going with our, our best ones and our favorite ones, and then we'll get to the ones. Because I feel like we'll spend more time talking about the bad units than the good units. <laughs> uh, so let's, let's do that. So, GJ, let's start off with you. Yeah, sure. What, what did you think was the best of the Elven regiments in 5th edition, or the one that you find most useful? Well, I, I don't really have too much experience playing either with or against Elves, so I don't know if I'm that good of a judge. So please, if, if uh, anybody listening thinks that I am totally missing the mark here, uh, forgive me for that. But I did like what I read about the... 5th edition Waywatchers, um, well they are still in the 4th edition Wood Elf book, but Wood Elf didn't get an upgrade for 5th edition like the High Elves did. So the Wood Elf Waywatchers, um, they are, well of course they are, they are Waywatchers and they are I think good in any edition, but what I like about them in this 5th edition is that they can set traps, and I did not know that until I looked up their entry today. You have a uh, you get a roll to determine the type of trap and the type of effect, and this works when your waywatchers are in a forest and they are being charged. So what happens is first they get a round of stand and shoot, and then the traps are activated in the forest when the either the charger reaches them or when the charger is in the forest and they declare a trap. You roll a d6 to see what happens and. You get either d6 strength for hits, or you get the the enemies are caught up in snares, so they, they cannot reach their target. Uh, the the charges must roll less than their strength in order to break free of nets that are being flung from above, and then all, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and the fun thing about that is, of course, you're never going to charge Waywatchers that are in the forest, because that's just not very very clever to do but these traps i thought they were so characterful that that's why 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 i wanted to uh to nominate the way watchers awesome yeah that's a great choice that wood elf book i think is easily the best of the the three elf books in in fifth edition so i'm not surprised to to see the entry coming in there also way watchers honestly for me i i didn't choose them for for any of mine but they were always like really good <laughs> you know even yes. like fifth edition sixth edition eighth edition looking at them always just like yeah they're they make a good case for themselves each time i had totally forgotten about the traps as well so i'm glad you brought that up thanks i also went to the wood elf book for for my best in show and for me this is now this is hard fought experience teaching me this because i i haven't used them in game but they've been used on me uh, more than once and by more than one opponent and 
Oh boy, the whole Wood Elf book just gives me fits in 5th edition, uh, but these guys especially, and that is the War Dancers. And what I oh, love yeah. about the War Dancers are, firstly, they have, for infantry, the most freedom of movement of anyone in the game. They don't care about woods. They don't care about their own units. They don't care about enemy units. They just move where they want and do what they want. But the big thing with war dancers is they're so easy to screen with other units because they can move through other units and you don't want to charge them because charging them puts you directly where they want you which is in combat with you because of their war dances and they're not particularly deadly that's that's not what you use them for they are they are a tool a utility piece but they're such a good utility piece they they're one big war dance that I find just completely uh, makes me furious whenever it's used on me is the shadows coil. This cancels out combat for the round. And you do this at the beginning of the combat. It doesn't matter if you were going to strike first with, with your guys or the wood elves are going to strike first. They choose this and combat ends and it's drawn combat. doesn't matter what you've slammed into them. And oh man, it, that's just so brutal on cavalry, on anything that relies on those first turn charges. And you're just a sitting duck at that point for, for anything that the Wood Elf player wants to do to you, uh, which is usually something just awful. Um, <laughs> for In my experience, it, it normally involves some kind of treemen because treemen are out of control in, in uh, Hero Hammer. Uh, for them, it's, it's just that sheer utility of, of what they can do and what they can shut down. Also, they're, a unit of them is, is 100 points. Because you're going to take five of them. You're going to take the minimum unit. And your opponent's never going to see them to shoot them off the table. Unless he gets really lucky with an artillery strike or something. Uh, because they're always going to be behind your own units. But they're so easy to move out. They've got that elven speed. So, you know, even for infantry, they can get around the table. I love them. I, I think they're just absolutely infuriating to play against. And wonderful models, too. One of those ones that they always had good models. Great choice, yeah. Yeah. Definitely agree with you there. All right, let's move on to favorite. All right. Uh, shall I go first again? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's we'll we'll keep it simple this episode. You you uh, right. take the lead on these guys. Perfect. Um, for me, my favorite is the Dark Elf City Guard because I just love having a mixed regiment. Well, maybe not not so much having, but. I like the aesthetic of a line of uh, crossbowmen up front and a line of spearmen in the back. And it really mirrors what used to happen historically with the whole pike and shot formations and everything. Uh, mixed regiments with uh, missile weapons and hand-to-hand -hand weapons. And they just uh, switch places whenever there was a need to get into combat. So uh, that's the one that I nominate. Oh boy, we're going to have some interesting times coming up in, in a few minutes here. Uh, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave my piece, uh, uh, not say my piece on them right now, and, and that will become obvious very soon uh, why that is. Um, yeah, yeah. So, mine, uh, so my favorite actually comes from the High Elf book. And this is, this is just a pure love of the models and the idea of it. And this is the Handmaidens of the Everqueen. 
I loved those models so much. I, I really like Alariel as a, as a character. I like all the Elven Queens. And for for this one, I just love that they kind of were Spearmen plus one. They're 16 points per model, but they've got initiative six, weapon skill five. Um, they always carry the banner of Averlorn. And uh, I, I, they get the citizen levy rules, which is really nice to fight in those extra ranks. They're just so thematic and, and the models are so beautiful. I really, really like them. I was so sad that they, they didn't really come back until 8th edition, in which case they were more of a ranged unit and they were, they, they were more kind of magical. But um, yeah, for me, this is just a pick that's purely out of, out of love of the, that aesthetic that they had and, and the, the lore behind them. Um, and I think they're, you know, I think if you're taking the Everqueen, they're not a bad choice. They're, they're not fantastic. Uh, but they have spears and longbows, so you get a little bit of um, versatility with them. Uh, they've only got the light armor, of course, but I mean, elven infantry, you're, you're not going to get a ton of heavy infantry. I, although I guess you can in, uh, as far as high elves go uh, with the, uh, the heavy armor that's, that doesn't affect their uh, movement. But yeah, I just really like them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good choice. I, I did not think to look at the special character section uh, for this one. Yeah, the, you know what? I wouldn't have either. They just, they're, they always pop into my head. They're one of the high elf units that I will never own because they're a bajillion dollars uh, to try and get them on the secondary market, but they're, yes, they're just so the beautiful. Least. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, now let's get into the ones that were not so great. These, these are our elves on the shelf for fifth edition. What did you have as worst? As worst? And this might surprise you. Uh, I selected the High Elf Silver Helms. Oh, and okay. The reason for that is that they have a. Uh, let me just flip to their entry here. Uh, the Silver Helms are not as as different from the Dragon Princes. And uh, the Dragon Princes have this rule that they have a free standard bearer and any magic banner they take is at half cost. Now, your Dragon Princes, they, they have exactly the same stat line, uh, Dragon Princes and Silver Hounds. But the uh, Dragon Princes are, well, they are 0 to 1 and they cost 43 points per model. Silver Hounds are only at 31 points per model. But that's basically how they get you because uh, your silver helms are on foot uh, they have light armor and a lance so you don't want lance models on foot so you have to buy that barded steed for an extra eight points per model putting you at 39 that gets the save up from uh five plus to a uh for some reason it's five plus it says here shouldn't be a five plus maybe they, they do have steeds but the steeds don't have barding so anyway, uh, you get a barter steed for 8 points, you get light armor, uh, you can upgrade your light armor to heavy armor for 2 points, you can have a shield for 2 points, and all of a sudden you're at a 2 plus armor save, and you have this exact same point cost as a unit of dragon princes, except that you have to pay full price for the standard bearer, and uh, the uh, magic item, uh, the magic standard is also at full cost. This is wild, GJ. You just taught me so much about Silver Helms in 5th edition. I 
had never looked at them that closely. I had no idea you had to buy the steeds because I was flipping through this well, book and I was like, 31 points per model. That's not bad for Elven Cavalry in this edition. They, they might already have a steed, but not barred it. Oh, it, okay. It, it, yes, you're it, right. It does, Sorry. Well, they, 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 they do, do have, have elven uh, steeds, five so. up save, but yes, it does say, say here that they are mounted on Elven steeds, so the steed is included. Okay, but the, uh, the which, barding which is Which makes sense, points, yeah. uh, but the barding is eight points. Okay, yeah. I like this. I like this argument because I'm going to make a, sil a similar argument about another unit in a minute. But uh, yeah, this by the time you make them anywhere near on par with the Dragon Princes, you might as well buy the Dragon Princes. I guess. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's too bad. I mean, Silver Helms always look good, um, especially those the, the metal ones of the day. I, I really like those. I think that's a, that's a good that's a good pick. That's a really good pick. How about you, mate? What did you get? Okay, so, all right, here's the thing. I am a embittered Dark Elf player. I've been playing Dark Elves since the Hero Hammer era. So there was only one place I could go, which is uh, the very lackluster Dark Elf book for fourth edition, but it is the only book we got. And, uh, you know, we, we didn't get all of the, the great upgrades that the High Elves got in, in fifth edition. My choice uh, is the... Dark Elf City Guard, <laughs> worst <laughs> unit, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you why. And I do agree with you. I love the aesthetics of this unit. I think it is so cool. I love the idea of this unit, and that's why I have to be so hard on it because I see what could have been, and I am disappointed to an immeasurable level at at what you get for the Dark Elf. So. Let's let's look. But the thing with the Dark Elf City Guard is you can't look at it in a vacuum because in a vacuum, you look at this and you're like, this is pretty cool. Like, this is something different. This is something unique for the Dark Elves. Like, I, I like this. But the problem is you've got your your base elf here at 11 points per model um, and he gets a spear and he gets light armor. And you can give them the repeating crossbow, which gets them up to 13 points per model, uh, at which point they're the same price as the Dark Elf Crossbowman Regiment, which is a, a totally separate regiment. And you've, you can mix and match them, which is, is kind of the, the strength of, of this regiment and what makes it look so cool. However, everything it does, you have better choices. And there's no way to make it worthwhile because of the other options so you can have the dark elves as a mix which is fine except then you're probably paying for a back row of spearmen uh who are are going to be wasted if you've got them up on a hill or you know if the enemy charges them i just don't like they're they're spearmen but they're they're just elven spearmen right they, they don't have the fight and extra ranks of the the high elves there's there's no there's nothing there that that's gonna make them worthwhile at that 11 points per model plus you you're paying more for the the dark elves in the front rank uh at that point when they're charged uh for no benefit you just look at the dark elf uh crossbowmen and the scouts and the crossbowmen they're fine like you, you're not really losing anything between the city guard like you are with spearmen uh and it's the only way to get dark elf spearmen is the city guard which is again something that bothers me but uh then you look at the Dark Elf Scouts, and the Dark Elf Scouts uh, invalidate most of the Dark Elf book because they're so much better than everything here that it is just wildly inefficient to take any ranged 
dark elves with with crossbows that aren't dark elf scouts you're paying the same price as the uh dark elf crossbowmen but you're getting uh ballistic skill five and skirmish which is so wild uh you lose light armor but i honestly could care less about light armor on my crossbowmen the dark elf city guard are a unit that should be a building block for any dark elf army and you never see them taken. And I, I like I'm a fluff player. I have taken them so many times to try and make them work. They do not. They are non-functional as a unit. You are always being so inefficient when you take them. If you take them in the mixed unit, you could take them as a unit of spearmen and then they're just mediocre spearmen. Or you could take them all as crossbowmen and then they're just the Dark Elf crossbowmen regiment. But they're never going to be what you want and what you want them to be. And that in an already lackluster book just hurts so much that I cannot allow them to be anything but the worst unit. And it breaks my heart. <laughs> anyway, this has been my TED talk. Thank you for coming. <laughs> uh, but I'm yeah. not going to disagree with you about yeah. them being bad. I just nominated them as favorite because yeah. of well, what you said, what they could have been. What they, and honestly, if they were if they were even mediocre, they would be my favorite unit as well. Because I, I, I do. I love them as much as you love them. I think they look so cool. And I've taken them in siege games. And they look incredible, like, lined up on a castle. And then your enemy gets there, and then they just fold like a cheap suit. And you're, like, <laughs> you're left, and you're just like, oh, I should have taken better units than this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that brings us to least favorite. Uh, yeah, where where did you come off on least favorite? Well, for me, it was a bit of a toss-up between the Phoenix Guard and the Black Guard. Uh, actually, for the same reason, they are well basically the same model, except one is a High Elf and one is a Dark Elf. Uh, the same unit, same stats, same point costs. And the reason that I selected them is because I think they are too expensive for what they do. Um, I think we... we talked about this a little bit in was it maybe the uh hall of shame episode for the uh, i think so yeah 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 so i i just i can't really see myself using them for anything they're, they're just yeah meh i think for their fluff both of them they should have been better these should be the elite elves and they, they should be doing things that no other elf can do and well compared to your regular dark elf warrior they just have an extra weapon skill and they've got halberds for an extra strength and they've got heavy armor and that's it so give them some special rules let them do some some cool stuff and then i'm not talking about the special rules they get in later editions like being stubborn because you don't want a very expensive stubborn regiment with all kinds of redundant rules so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to put, uh, well, maybe I should put down Phoenix Guard here and then I can have the Black Guard uh, for, uh, for one of the other entries in the, in the other editions because they don't really improve much, I think. They really don't, in my experience. I can't argue with anything you've said. My one saving grace for these units, and the, the reason that, and I did think about them here as well, uh, I love the models. For both the Phoenix Guard and the Black Guard, I think they look incredible, and that was that kind of bumped them up a a bit, uh, in my regard. 
I do think Phoenix Guard get substantially better uh, throughout the years. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Black Guard is mm, a little suspect. They do get better uh, because they do get those some special rules. They get stubborn. They get eternal hatred, which is really nice. But uh, if I choosing between the two of them, Phoenix Guard all day, every day, uh, as far as rules go, models wise, I prefer the Black Guard. But yeah, I, I think you've got a great one there. Uh, I'm not going to waste much time on my least favorite because I kind of already ranted about this a few minutes ago. Uh, my least favorite is Dark Elf Scouts because they invalidate so much of the army book by being clear and away better than every other choice in this book. Also, uh, where were my models for them? Because I feel so sketchy when I play 5th Ed now and I take Dark Elf Scouts and I don't fill my list with Dark Elf Scouts. I don't want to be that guy. Uh, but I always take at least uh, a unit or two of them. And they never got proper models. And so what I've ended up doing was a while ago, I got some old third edition plastic Dark Elf crossbowmen that have that kind of odder uh, third ed Dark Elf aesthetic to paint up as Dark Elf scouts uh, to use them in uh, my fifth ed army. But yeah, I, I have I have big big issues with any unit that is just so much better than the rest of the book that you feel both obligated to take it and kind of like that guy when you do. Uh, so yeah, that's that's my pick for Dark Elf Scouts. That is purely a personal vendetta. Dark Elf Scouts, like, take them. If you're playing 5th edition, take them. Take so many of them. They're so good. Uh, I, they're just my least favorite. I love that your least favorite unit is the one that you consider uh, the best and that invalidates uh, the rest <laughs> of the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it, it, sometimes it's like that. All right. Let's move on to 6th edition. So this, this I actually struggled with 6th edition more than the other two. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. I found it was, uh, it was, a, it was a tricky one. Um, where, where did you fall on best elves of 6th? Well, I did not get the memo that we were only going to do regular rank and file regiments. Uh, so I selected uh, either of the repeater bolt throwers for this edition. Ooh, okay. Well, you know what? We make the rules, so here we go. <laughs> bolt throwers <laughs> it is. You know what? Bolt throwers, they're, they're so elfy that, yeah, they have to be on a yeah. list somewhere here, right? So, okay, yes. So what do you love about the bolt throwers, as if I didn't know? <laughs> <laughs> well, um. I haven't played with them, so at the moment I only have experience playing against them, which means I don't really love them. But uh, no, they they are just uh, very good for what they do. You can take two of them for a single rare slot. Um, they are versatile. You can use them to take down uh, big things, big monsters. Uh, you can also use them to take down lots of troops, and uh, the models are great for. Uh, I think for both the High Elf and the Dark Elf 6th uh, edition bolt throwers, they are very beautiful. Nice. I think that's a great choice. Um, I, you can't argue against bolt throwers, right? Every elf army is going to have at least one, uh, unless they're wood elves. Sorry, wood elves, but you've got other stuff. Um, so for me, I, I went back and forth on this between favorite and best. Uh, I, I've switched them a couple of times, and I, I'm not sure where where I, I i truly uh lie on this one my choice is from the high elf book 
and a unit that I have recently done a, a episode on and one that I have just a, a the strongest sense of envy about all the time, and that is the Swordmasters of Hoth. The Sixth Ed High Elf book, I know High Elf players find it somewhat lackluster compared to, I think, other books that they have had, whether that be Fifth or Eighth or, or whatever. Uh, I still, as that uh, sad, bitter Dark Elf player, look at some of these units and I'm just like, man, I wish I had that. The one that I always look at is Swordmasters. No matter what the edition, I had to find some place to put them, and I think this is a good one. 13 points per model, weapon skill 6, initiative 5. You've got your two-handed sword that strikes at initiative, uh, heavy armor. Give You can give the champion a magic item. I, I think they're reasonably costed. I think they've got some nice... Um, they've got nice rules. They've got beautiful models. And uh, yeah, they don't get their entire suite of special rules in 6th edition. But considering that how much 6th edition kind of, you know, toned units down, especially early on in, in that era, I still think as far as Elven Infantry goes, they're kind of the cream of the crop. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. I'm glad you mentioned them. Uh, they, they had crossed my mind, but yeah, then I um, thought about those bolt throwers and uh, sorry about that, but the Swordmasters had to go. <laughs> <laughs> Here's here's yeah. the thing. I, I can't make the argument that they're better than bolt throwers because <laughs> bolt throwers are fantastic. No, um, but okay. I, yeah. I, I, I cheated because you had the uh, rule of Well, here, here's the and, thing, uh... GJ. I have been known to like forget to mention certain things before, <laughs> so I may have just forgotten to mention to you that it, I was just doing regiments, but it's fine. It's all good. Um, yeah, yeah, bolt, thro yeah, bolt throwers are sure. great. Uh, what did you get for favorite? For favorite, I went to the Wood Elves book, Ooh, and okay. I decided to go with the Wild Riders. Mm, okay. And the reason for that is, um, well, it's, it's partly their fluff that they are just, uh, basically uh, go on the wild hunt with Orion when he awakens in the spring and everything like that. Uh, but also, I like that they have a very versatile set of rules, um. Whether they can have, uh, they, they've got uh, the ward save and magic resistance from their talismanic tattoos. Uh, on the turn that they charge, they have their spears. On the turn that they don't charge, they gain plus one attack. Uh, if they have a musician, they will cause fear until the start of the next wood elf turn. Um, when it charges, I should say. So, yeah, lots of very characterful rules here that. I think are very fitting for a Wood Elf army in the 6th edition era where it's it's more grimdark than it used to be in 5th. That lore change, I think, is almost best described through, through that Wild Riders unit. I think you're right on there. They were very sinister. Uh, just this, this force of destruction. Love the, love the ward save for sure that's such a big deal for what is you know very light cavalry that needs to to be in combat uh to to do its thing one thing i would add to this as a as a bonus for this unit uh is that you could stick orion in it um oh yeah of course yeah, yeah. and then wasn't that just the coolest looking thing in the world you have this this giant stag elf leading his wild riders and Oh yeah, I'm so into it. Like it's so cool. 
it's so so cool um so i i think that is a fantastic choice very strong unit very thematic unit and and something that was really unique to sixth edition right like we certainly hadn't seen that before for the wood elves so yeah I'm... No, I, I i i try to go with uh, new units for every new edition because well that's also why i struggled so much with six because most of the units in either the high elf or the dark elf book were already there in fourth and fifth edition yeah yeah i did that kind of where i could in in places and yeah um, yeah I, I get you on that and that's a that's a great choice for something that was added to the lore and really expanded the wood elf lore the wood elves were so neat because each of their books and they only got the three but each of their books is like a different athel lauren and a different wood elves yeah and each one of them feels totally unique but then when you read the lore in eighth edition it makes perfect sense that depending on when the wood elves are and, and that kind of eternal state of them and which glade you're in and that kind of thing, they are such different, odd creatures. It's it's really great. Their their lore is some of the 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 best by eighth edition. Um so for me, um I uh I had to choose for this one. Uh I you know, I've been I've been down on my dark elves, so I needed <laughs> needed to to kind of uh lighten the uh lighten the uh atmosphere and choose you know uh give credit where credit's due favorite unit for sixth edition uh the witch elves and we we talked about them recently on our uh triple threat show uh where where they came in quite high on that they're a wonderful blender they're super dangerous they're super fragile uh, they have great models. They're they're everything that the witch, witch elves should be. I love the poisoned attacks that they get in this edition. That's such a big deal. They're just they're they're wonderful, gorgeous models. The best witch elf models were in in sixth edition, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, yeah. I won't go over it too much because I know we've talked about them recently. But uh, they were my they were kind of my obvious pick for for sixth edition. I had to mention them. Yeah, definitely, and and a good pick that is. I. Uh... Well, I, I agree with you then, and I'm agreeing with you now, so... Uh, Excellent. <laughs> no, nothing much has changed there. Yeah, yeah. All right, how about worst? How about worst? Dare I mention Blackguard again? Ooh, okay, it's, yeah, it's, we can it's get it's into bit, it. Uh, it's, it's maybe a bit... Um, can't think of the correct English word. Uh, repetitive, but I, I did put down Blackguard because I just couldn't think of anything worse for the reason mentioned and well they did get that extra rule in this edition where they are stubborn but do you really want a five plus armor safe toughness three unit stuck in combat until they are killed yeah, yeah not really sure about that yeah yeah the the one thing i'll say in in a very light defense at least for sixth edition is they did get uh hatred everyone um, yes but that is about it like you say they're they're just so fragile for for what you're getting uh the phoenix guard really ended up benefiting from that four up ward save that they got right that's what made them so much more functional than the black guard and the, the i get the black guard were supposed to be like the the offensive type of that unit and the phoenix guard were supposed to be more defensive but the way it worked out is that the the black guard just would get absolutely bowled over by cavalry or something right you know you'd lose that first rank and 
at 16 points per model. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's... I think you're uh, mistaking the Phoenix Guard with maybe 7th edition, because in 6th edition, there are only special rules that they cause fear. Oh, no, sorry, sorry. I meant, like, the later era Phoenix Guard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right, in 6th yeah. edition, they're, they're bad. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're bad in 6th edition. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry, I should have been more clear on that. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a great choice. And especially, like, you just get so disappointed when you're you're looking at this unit and they're they're supposed to be the elite of the elite, right? These are the the most dangerous of uh, Malekith's servants, his personal bodyguard. And you look at them and you're just like, eh, yeah, okay, yeah. I guess they're fine. Then they done that, got a t-shirt. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, 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 the whole Dark Elf book in 6th edition, we could, we, we could make a good argument for because, <laughs> well, it was so bad that Dark Elf players lobbied Gavin Thorpe to, to write an update for it. Uh, and he did. Yes. <laughs> like, when did that happen? You know, that was, what, 2003, I think, they got that update? Like, that's wild that there was a, an online movement that was so, that was so dedicated to changing this, this very mediocre book that, that they, uh, they actually managed to, to get a few upgrades and, and uh, updates for it. Yeah, that's a great yeah, well, choice. I've actually been looking at the uh, upgraded book for this podcast, so... Oh, okay, nice. Nice. I've I've just been I think looking at the uh the OG one, but I do have the updated on a separate uh a separate PDF. Yeah, yeah, it's I mean it's a it's a not a good book. <laughs> no. Uh so we we can we we're going to stay there though. Uh cuz we're going to stay there for um Oh, wait. No, no, no. I'm not next for this. Um Yeah, Black so... uh, the, uh, the worst. Was. Yeah, worst. Yeah. Sorry, we're actually not going to stay here for the worst uh we are going back to the high elf book for this and this is this is a personal one uh for me because i i knew them as good and scary in other editions and in sixth edition they just missed the mark so hard and that's white lions and so these guys are are supposed to be kind of your even stronger version of uh sword masters in that they have uh, you know, they, they've got that four strength, which is kind of their thing. Where White Lions fall down, though, is how much they lose in the transition from fifth to sixth. So in fifth edition, they had kind of a war dancer thing going on where they had uh, different ways that they could enter combat. And you could choose um, for some from some really good rules, things that would allow you to do D3 damage, for instance, some some defensive ones. and when they got to 6th edition, they lost all of that, and then they're just strength for elves with great weapons. But the real killer here is that, unlike the Swordmasters who strike at initiative, uh, they don't. So you're, you're striking last with Toughness 3 elves um, with just light armor, and uh, they've got their lion cloaks, which are okay, but they're, they're not going to keep them alive that hard, uh, or that well, I guess. And... For me, it's just a how the mighty have fallen kind of thing for for the White Lions. And, and they would get better again later, in later editions, but this is kind of their nadir here. And I, I love their uh, models. I love the, the fluff and everything, but rules-wise in 6th edition, oh boy, they are... They're one of those ones where you, you look at them and then you look at Swordmasters and you're just like, I don't know why I would ever take you. And... To add insult to injury, they are a rare unit in 6th edition. <laughs> yes. Which means that they 
compete with, well, let's say slightly better and already mentioned repeatable thrower and the slightly better and yet unmentioned great eagles. Yeah, two just staple units for elf, for high elf armies, right? The great eagles are so good. They're one of those utility ones that you always want. And yeah, like we mentioned, repeater bolt throwers, you just, you just take them. You just yeah. take them. And yeah, swordmasters at the very least uh, are a special choice, right? They're both zero to one, but the swordmasters aren't taking away much, much better unit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, yeah. Good mention. Good choice. Yeah. 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 All right. Finally, least favorite. Least favorite. Uh, well, I think. I think you and I are going to end up in the same book for this one because okay. you already mentioned the Dark Elf. Yeah, yep. And I did not want to go with one of the units that I could have chosen for. Uh, no, that's not true. I was going to say I could have chosen this unit for another edition as well. Uh, but I selected the uh, Cauldron of Blood. Not so much because of the lore, which I think is pretty awesome. Uh, but more because of the conflicting rules that it has. Um, because you have your Cauldron of Blood, which whips your Witch Elves and, and other surrounding units into a battle frenzy, and they get people to, uh, to charge. But then the Cauldron itself is immovable, it cannot move up the board. So by the time that you get to charge, you will lose your bonuses, and it's not really very... Well, I'm not going to say that it is worthless or anything. It's just that it has conflicting rules, and I don't like that sort of thing. That's a great pick, and it's not one that I had really considered. I because I, I I honestly don't think about the Cauldron of Blood in Sixth Edition at all, and I, I guess for the reasons that you mentioned, uh, what one thing that really bothers me about this is that the Cauldron of Blood had a model with wheels. Yes, in Fifth Edition. And it has a model with wheels in 8th edition. And in 6th edition, they were just like, no, what if we just like inexplicably have this thing right here? Right? Like, how do they even move this thing around outside of battle? I guess probably slaves. I guess that's probably the answer, if knowing Dark Elves. Uh, yeah, I agree with you on every point here. There's, it just, and I just feel like it just doesn't do enough, honestly. No. Like, there's, I mean, Frenzy is good it's a double-edged sword for sure uh especially with anything as fragile as dark elves and like a six up ward save for witch elves just uh like for the price you're paying for this thing i don't yeah. know i could get a bolt thrower it's, for it less than that should, should be doing uh something more mm -hmm. yeah plus that the uh i believe that the elves manning the cauldron itself or womaning the cauldron i should say uh, also have frenzy, so that means that if an enemy comes within range, they have to charge, right? Or was that not in sixth edition where you where you just left your war machine if you were frenzied? That's a great point. I honestly don't remember if they would have had to abandon their their war machine. That's a really, I mean, that just makes it hilariously bad if that's the case, but <laughs> uh, as opposed to just regular bad. Um, well, yeah, what are you? It does say that the guardians must remain within two inches of it. Okay, so that so probably overrules them I having to run off. I think it will overrule them having to charge. All right. Yeah, that's a good pick. Very good pick, and not one that I had considered. Uh, mine is uh, executioners, and uh, this stems back from my uh, envy of uh, 
the High Elves, my, my very bitter envy of Swordmasters, because Executioners are always the Swordmasters minus one. Uh, in this case, they did get better through the update that uh, Games Workshop did, because in, in the original book, they had light armor, and that gets up, uh, upgraded to heavy armor. Yeah. But otherwise, 11 points per model, tough three, uh, they get killing blow, but they're striking last. I just, you never have enough of them left after the enemy is struck to do anything of note to an enemy unit. Uh, it's, they're, they're sword masters without the rule that sword masters need to function. Uh, yeah, and it drives you, me crazy. you have to charge with them to be effective mm-hmm. and just basically wipe the unit out or, or route them on the first turn. And if you don't do that, then they yeah. are probably, uh, you can probably remove your, your elves one at a time. <laughs> that's it. That's it. And I, I just don't see an opponent ever letting you do that. You know, they're, I, I feel like they're always going to hit you with shock cavalry or they're just going to, yeah. they're going to shoot you off the, the board first. And, and then that's, that's it. Um, yeah, so, uh, oh, also, a, they're models in 6th edition. I love the look of the models from 6th edition, but those swords, they, <laughs> they had to find a better way than that. If you had not mentioned that, I would have. Yeah, yeah, like, that's, that is a, a, a dishonorable mention for, for those models' swords. I have, I think, 12 of these guys somewhere, and even just thinking about them, gives me low-level anxiety thinking about trying to rejoin those swords to the to the stupid yeah. elves yeah if anybody of you has a way to do this then please contact nathan at yeah. uh, what's your email address wargamesorchard.com <laughs> yeah yeah uh, at, uh, at gmail.com yeah gmail.com yeah. yeah yeah you you send me send me those those uh like life hacks for executioners uh because otherwise, I'm just going to take a soldering gun to them. Just giant glob of metal, just like just melted into one big puddle. <laughs> that's it. That's what it's going to do. Yeah, that's probably not the best idea. Um, <laughs> probably, probably not. A, a little, uh, a little bit of a story time here. Um, I had a uh, fanatic once that fell off the table, and it, the chain broke at the ball, and then my dad, in his um, well, the goodness of his heart and his uh, wisdom thought that it would be a great idea to rejoin it. I had glued it a couple of times. It kept breaking off to rejoin it by uh, soldering because, of course, the uh, fanatic and the, it was a metal model. It was made of tin. Uh, but what happened was that the chain just dissolved all the way up to the to the arms of the fanatic, to the hands, just through the heat of the soldering iron. So oh, then we no. made a we we made another chain with a bit of a twisted soldering uh, wire, uh, but that didn't really work out for me. So in the end, I I ended up um, putting an axe in his hands and, and using him as a big boss. Oh, that's funny. That's really funny. So yeah, life lesson here: uh, don't take a soldering gun to your miniatures. They don't like that. <laughs> and especially not if it's plastic, and you're just asking for trouble. No, then you got way better options like plastic yeah. glue. Yeah. All right, let's finish things off here with eighth edition. Yes. Man, this was the one where I got to it and I was like, okay, now the the trouble isn't finding the good units. The trouble's finding the bad units because elves got so good in yeah. uh, in eighth edition. When three factions have the always strikes first special rule, things have gotten out of hand. Um. Yeah. So hit me with your best. 
For this I wanted again to find a unit that was not in earlier editions and I settled for the uh, Lodern Skycutter. Um, not just because I want to mention that I finally obtained that model recently, new in box, sealed in the plastic, and I've been after that for a long while. Uh, but now that I have mentioned it, yeah, that's the case. But also because <laughs> it is a, uh, it's a flying chariot that you can put a ball thrower on. Uh, it can do lots of things. It's a special choice. You can just march block you can put it on the flanks uh, fire that ball thrower uh, harass war machines there's so much you can do with this thing um and even if need be you can possibly charge it into the flank of something if you know you're gonna win combat so uh yeah plus uh well you can i think this is one of those models that you either love or hate but i like the idea of this flying ship towed by a big bird um, might not be the most uh, the most realistic model out there while well, saying something in a in a fantasy game of course but yeah that's uh, I, th I think it's still a great model to uh, to put on the table I agree with you I like that model a lot it's one of those more fantastical Warhammer fantasy models. At the same time, though, it, I don't find it beyond the pale that, you know, they would enchant this, this kind of sled thing to, uh, to be able to be pulled by a... Uh, is, it, is it eagle or a warhawk? I believe it's a warhawk. It's a warhawk. Okay, yeah. And yeah, I, I like it. I thought it was a really cool, unique add to the High Elf Army. I've never played it or played yeah. against it, so most of my feelings on it are, are kind of those aesthetic things. I, I like it in lore. I like it in game. I'm glad that you were able to find one, by the way. Those things are, yeah. are rare. And It is, uh, by the way, a swift feather rock. Oh, okay. Oh, it's a rock. That's a rock, oh, okay. rock, rock with C, not with CK, because nice. rocks with CK, they don't fly very well. This, this makes me you, uh, wonder how many different varieties of giant raptors are there in the warhammer world because there's great eagles there's warhawks there's these rocks like is there a, at some point like if if warhammer fantasy had continued could we have gotten like giant war hummingbirds and and war like starlings or sparrows or something because i feel like maybe all of the birds in warhammer fantasy just became the size of cars at some point <laughs> Well, there are, of course, also the Tomb King's Carrion. Let's not forget those. Yeah, they're huge. And the OG Carrion, which were... Uh, I don't even know what kind of birds they were pretending to be, but they were awesome, and they were huge they as were, well. They yeah. were, yeah. And the giant bats, I know they're not birds, but uh, same scale. Yeah, it flies. Yeah, yeah. Man, can you imagine just being, being a poor Bretonian farmer or something? Not only do you have to worry about, like, orcs and goblins coming to, to steal your crops and, and, you know, burn your farmstead, Every now and then you got to look out in the sky and make sure a giant eagle or a hawk isn't going to just swoop down and just take you. What an yeah, awful place. Or, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a great pick, though, by the way. I, I love that. Um, I also uh, went with the High Elf book for, for mine, and I didn't go new unit for this one because I, I felt like I had to put these somewhere uh, because they're just so quality. And I felt like 8th edition was the absolute most insane that they ever got and that was the regular old high elf spearman uh ah, because yeah. yeah in eighth edition like yeah. 
at some point when your spearmen are throwing out like 50 always strikes first weapon skill four attacks you have to concede that they are really really good really good yeah uh yeah and and again i mean part of it's envy part of it's envy i always i want what the high elves have uh and my dark elves don't but these guys you just you see them and they look fantastic on the battlefield you have to respect them because they can they can poke you to bits and i think they're they're kind of a a really good poster child of that eighth edition quality horde unit that could be really really dangerous god yeah. forbid you cast any buff spells on them i've seen oh that happened to me a couple times and you do not want to mess with yeah like buffed up elven spearmen uh just don't go near them especially if you play armies that don't have that elven always strikes first oh boy yeah you will regret it good choice yeah yeah uh where did where did you come down on favorite also a new unit that hadn't appeared before uh, this one from the wood elf book the sisters of the thorn oh okay okay sorry i'm, I'm gonna interrupt you here because we can do this sure. together because i also chose that. <laughs> uh yeah. yeah yeah so what what did you uh like about them uh first of all the aesthetic mm-hmm. the um the girls riding the the big stags uh, the deer um what I also ri- like about them is that they have a, uh, a four up ward save. Uh, while they have some very nice rules, poison attacks, they are a level two wizard, and that wizard level increases with the number of ranks you give them. Um, yeah, that's uh, lovely rules, lovely models, uh, pretty decent stats. So, basically, what's not to like? Yeah, that that about covers it. I can just say yes to all of those things, and that's <laughs> that's why I picked them. Uh, the stags, the stags were so unique and fun as far as a cavalry thing goes, and so wealthy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, honestly, a lot of my pick for these girls was was just on those aesthetics alone. I thought they were, they were gorgeous. Uh, all right, so yeah, that made that one easy. Uh, so now we're on to the last two. So first, we've got the worst. I did not want to put down Blackguard. I had Blackguard, but I didn't want to do it. So I selected for two units that should have been one unit. Once again, I have to turn to the Dark Elf book, and these are the Dread Spears and the Bleak Swords. Which are your basic Spearmen and your basic um, Swordsmen. And I just don't get why they... Put these in two units. Your spearmen don't have hand weapons. Uh, if they did, then it would make the bleak swords uh, completely redundant. But the way this is, you've got two one-trick ponies, which should have been one two-trick pony. <laughs> That's great. And you know what? That makes perfect sense to me. I hadn't really considered that because growing up with the Dark Elves, it had kind of been like that in hero hammer as well where you had the dark elf swordsman and the dark elf city guard so i didn't really think about it but yeah that is a little bit of just a why bother kind of thing like this is clearly the same unit they have the same stats they they all that is different is war gear options um well not even options and not even yeah they don't don't, don't, don't have options just this is what you're getting yeah yeah that's a great pick uh, because that that does suck. <laughs> it really yeah. sucks. And yeah, I as far as uh, eighth edition goes, if I'm taking dark elf infantry, 
I'm probably not looking at either of those two units, to be honest. Uh, I'm probably looking at Witch Elves. I'm probably looking at Corsairs. So, yeah, yeah you get no argument from me. So mine, uh, we don't have to go far because this is also in the Dark Elf book. And you know this wasn't going to be a War Games Orchard episode if I'm not complaining about cold ones. And I got this far. <laughs> I almost got to the very end of the episode without doing it. But here it comes, ladies and gentlemen. Cold One Nights. Why Cold One Nights in 8th edition, you might ask? They're always bad. They're bad in 5th, they're bad in 6th, and they're bad in 8th. But it's because they had three... Four, sorry, four chances to get it right. We're not talking about seventh because, you know, seventh. But they had so many chances to fix Cold One Nights, and they never did it. They never did it. You can't imagine how ridiculous it is. It took the Dark Elf update in 6th edition for them to even get Leadership 9, because they were Leadership 8. And in this era, in 8th edition, the reason why I put them here and not in the other two is by... Eighth edition, we cavalry had moved beyond what the cold one riders could hope to to come uh compete with. You like in the old days, yeah, sure, having two attacks on your mount at strength four, great. I mean it's weapon skill three, but you know, it's a mount, whatever. Uh and then you had the the weapon skill five, strength five on the charge rider. Like that is good damage output for cavalry in fifth edition. It's good in sixth edition. By 8th edition, you're looking at comparing it to some of the monstrous cavalry that was running around, or God forbid, Blood Knights, uh, Chaos. I mean, Chaos Knights are always a, a, a gold standard unit, but just they, they're they a, a shock cavalry unit that doesn't shock very hard. They barely cavalry, and they took away a movement from Cold Ones. Cold Ones used to be movement 8 in 4th edition and 5th edition. And they, they took him down. They took him down to seven. And I, I, I just... That. I just... I, I can't even with this unit. I, I, and I take it every game. This is why I hate this so much. Because I, I won't stop taking them. Because I love the idea of evil elves riding dinosaurs. But here we are. And they're awful. And they're 29 points per model, which is too much. And... Uh, no, they're 30, which is even more. They're 30, which is even more. I, I somehow my brain was just my brain gave them a slight discount because it didn't want to believe that they could be 30 points per model. Oh, GJ, I got to I got to stop here. Also, uh, I'm going to spoil my last one. This got my worst and least favorite unit <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> because I'm so upset. And anytime I talk about this, I just go off on a wild tangent. So uh, why don't you finish us off with your least favorite? All right. Well, I did not select the cold ones. So um. I, I will not poke your anguish <laughs> anymore. Thank you. Is that a correct expression? Probably not. No, I, I also, for my least favorite, went to a unit that appeared solely in 8th edition. And um, what is basically for the same reason as I selected the Cauldron of Blood in 6th edition, and it's also again from the Dark Elf book, the Sisters of Slaughter. Okay. Uh, because they are um, a close combat unit, they are supposed to be in combat, they get a 4 plus ward save against attacks made in close combat, and they, um, let's see what they can do, They one of the units that they are fighting gain no combat result for extra ranks, and units cannot, uh, models in that unit cannot parry, which is very good. They have a plus 1 to hit and a plus 1 to wound. If at least one enemy model in base contact with them has a higher weapon skill, which 
and the weapon skill 6 unit is not really going to do much, but it is very nice if you are going up against some big monster. But then they are your standard strength 3, toughness 3, elf, and I believe uh, they have no armor whatsoever. Uh, let me just check that real quick because I have not encountered them either on my side of the battlefield or across the battlefield. I, I, can't, even, I can't even find them here in the book. They are a... Uh, are they a rare unit? They are a rare unit even. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, they, they have a shield. I'm sorry. So they have a 6 of armor save. And they are 15 points per model. Something that's supposed to be in combat. That well, they have a war save when they are in combat, but before they get in combat, they will probably get shot down really, really quickly. So, they yeah, uh, conflicting rules again. Uh, something that you want in combat, but before it is in combat, it is very squishy. Yeah, I think that's a great choice. Uh, the their issue is the same issue that witches have, which is that they are ludicrously fragile. The thing that witches have going for them, at least by 8th edition, is that they are 11 points per model, which is cheaper, and uh, the fact that they are a core unit yes. as, instead of a rare unit. So I, I do get you there. I love the idea of the Sisters of Slaughter because Definitely. Yeah. what it allowed you to do is, is for people who wanted to make witch elf armies, uh, you, could, you could have a little bit more variety in those armies. And the models look great. I love their iron masks. They're they're kind of like demon headed masks. I think look really good. Uh, the the that witch elf kit, uh, even though it's not my favorite version of the witch elves, is really nice for those bits. But I yeah, I can't help but uh, agree with you on the the utility. I've never seen them run honestly, and I would just run regular witches because I'm not sacrificing a rare choice for yeah. them. Uh, so I, I well, well, you're not talking in choices in eighth edition. It's it's percentages. Oh yes, so sorry. You yeah. can put a a bit more units in, uh, provided that you keep them low in points cost. But then again, dark elves have a quite a lot of rare units that you can put in there. You get the doomfire warlocks, which do something similar to the sisters of the thorn, if I remember correctly. That they are uh, wizards that can uh, get extra levels by rank bonus. Uh, you got a blood wreck Medusa on the shrine. You have Charybdis. Um, sorry, you have also the blood wreck shrine, which is apparently the shrine with the Medusa. You can also have the Medusa separately. And then you have the Sisters of Slaughter. So, yeah, lots of choices there. I'm not sure I would spend, would want to spend too much points on them in a rare slot, rare choice, because they are indeed still squishy elves yeah the the rare units for the dark elves i think might have been like the weakest part of this book uh because the the blood rack shrine and the blood rack medusa are really underwhelming the sisters of slaughter i mean you make a good point that yeah you you get the percentages for for this but 10 of them is 150 points with no standard or anything right like how much how yeah. many points do you really want to put into this unit to try and make it at least get across the table and function. And I just yeah, don't think you do, right? Yeah, you need a big of them, right? so... Yeah. To, to make them function. Uh, let's, uh, let's say you need, uh, well, not going to say horde, but that word does spring to mind. 
oh god yeah no i don't want to oh man and with the the amount that games workshop charged for that kit or i guess charges because they're still around charges yeah man that's uh you you gotta love them a lot to to, to <laughs> put that kind of <laughs> investment in. into them yeah yeah well this has been fantastic we have put a lot of units on the shelf today but we also celebrated some good units uh, a lot of those shelf units are dark elves, <laughs> which, you know, I think maybe uh, maybe says a bit about dark, uh, the treatment that Games Workshop gave my beloved dark elves through the years. But, you know, we found some gems in there, too. Uh, right? We did? Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, which elves? Which elves were the gems? Which elves, <laughs> that was the, yeah. That was the one time they featured. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh I well, and, and, and I didn't mention the repeat of Boltros. And if I have to choose, then... Uh, I'm going to take these uh, Dark Elf Repeater Boltro over the High Elf because the model is just gorgeous with the the bows not lying horizontally but standing up vertically. Uh, it's a better model, I thought model, that was yeah. a, a very, very nice take on the, the whole Boltro yeah. aesthetic. The third ed, or sorry, third, the uh, fifth ed one was also better for the Dark Elves because it had the... Uh, it had kind of the giant clips and you could see like where the, yeah. the bolts would slide down. I always thought that was awesome because it looked like they're it looked like they're repeater crossbows, but just in giant size. So, yes. yeah. So, OK, so we can get two dark elves in there. There we go. So, yeah, not picking on the dark elves then. Uh, yeah, this has been lots and lots of fun. Uh, this has been an excellent look at uh, kind of elves throughout the era as well, which is not something that I intended, but it kind of turned out that way. And I think it's been a lot of fun. I hope that you have enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we have enjoyed recording it. And until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to the War Games Orchard. If you enjoy the show, why not join us on Patreon? There you'll gain access to all of our bonus content for any level of donation. It's a great way to help us keep going and enjoy extra Orchard content. If Patreon's not your thing, please consider giving us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice and sharing this show with friends. If you'd like to get in touch, you can find us on Facebook at The Warhammer Orchard and The Wargames Orchard, or by email at wargamesorchard at gmail.com. <laughs>